What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Strive for Strength podcast. So I am super excited today because we have an incredible guest on the show. Her name is Amber Ibarra, and she is the number one success architect in the nation under the age of 40. She's also an award-winning author, keynote speaker, and former-sized plus model turned woman in construction. So what Amber does is she helps entrepreneurs create the next level business vision, confidence for themselves, up-level their mindset and visibility through the masses, through her Remodel You method. So we are super excited to have you on the show today, Amber. Welcome, my girl. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate you. Of course, of course. So super cool. Amber and I got to meet at a live event a few months ago and like by choice, honestly, it was so just out there. We sat next to each other at lunch and I had no idea it was going to transpire into us connecting so much more even after, which was so, so much fun. Um, It's been an honor getting to know you too, Amber. So Amber, I would love for you to share a little bit more about you and your story, like starting off in doing plus modeling and curve modeling to working in construction and doing project management and being a boss in construction. Like what, where did you get your start with all of this? Where did this start for you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Such a loaded question. And I love it. And I will put it into short. So I did start off as a curves model, plus size model back when I was a teenager and um, grew up in a very small town. Like literally we did not even have a supermarket at my town. It was so small. And I just kind of knew like when you're like when your love language is travel, you know that you want to travel from a young age. And that's how I was. So when I got into this modeling contract, I was able to do that. I worked LA, New York, Atlanta markets, and was amazing for a while. And I just realized, you know, truly I was an entrepreneur at heart. I started picking up photography. I started picking up hair and makeup. While I was modeling, I would talk to the people that were working with me to help the photo shoot come together. And I just realized, oh my gosh, maybe I want to like do my own thing too. So my contract ends. I have the opportunity to move back to LA and I was living in the Burbank area for a while. And I just thought, let me give my my hometown, my home city, a try, moved back to San Antonio, did a few odd jobs for a while and, um, met a guy, right. That's like where it starts. Met a guy. (laughs) The most interesting thing happened. He introduced me to the world of flipping houses and real estate. And I thought, this is so different. Let's go. This is so cool. So I told myself, well, I have about six months to decide whether I want to move back and sign with an agency in LA or not. Um, And I took the chance. I said, cool, let's do this. Learned so much. And even the first 90 days in that time, it was so successful. What him and I grew together in three months surpassed into the high six figure business that I was like, how am I going to leave this? So at the time I was already kind of, you know, when let's be real for me personally, I was one of the only plus models in the room. I truly feel like my personality got me the jobs that I got. I was the only person that was in that room. That wasn't a skinny mini. That wasn't the size zero at the time. I was actually even a size six to eight, which is 
pretty small. Um, curve models nowadays are 13 and up. So, but at that time, that's what they considered the plus size world. And I just said, you know, I just, I don't want to be represented by this, which if you're listening to this, it's just, it's not my body. I'm so much more. Let's see what I could do with, with my mind, with other things. And I went full throttle into it. We started flipping homes. I learned the world. Um, I went through what I call a business divorce because although him and I didn't work out the, the company that we built was so successful I thought I'd be crazy to not have this on my own so three and a half years into that I built my own company and I've had that for almost five years now and I've been a woman in construction a CEO of a company here in South Texas for almost five years now that's so incredible. Do you feel like there's anything from the aspect of modeling when you first got into the world of construction? Was there anything that you took away from that that helped you catapult in the business with construction? I've never been asked that question, actually. I love that. It's a great question. I have. Um, I think the biggest thing I took away was confidence. Yeah. The confidence I had to put on to be the only curves model in the room most times before plus size models or curves models were big on the catwalk or anything like that I was always the one the one that got chosen in the room for the thing and um you really have to believe in yourself in a certain and different way yeah. and so yeah. I definitely carried that into construction it's like okay cool I'm a minority okay cool I'm a woman to me, I didn't look at it at those things. I wasn't like, oh, well, I'm a minority and a woman. To me, I thought, cool, we got to do things different. How can I show up in a different way to lead a team with confidence, to have people trust me, and to use my personality in a way of influence that will help people understand that they can trust my leadership so I can carry them into success. I think that's so awesome. And the, I, the reason I wanted to ask you this is because I don't know if you know this, I used to model too when I was a kid. And so relating back to this, it's so funny because I feel like there are so many traits that you learn, especially from just, I mean, you're, you're basically like selling yourself at castings and auditions and things like that. And so it's, I figured there'd be something where you can kind of take that away. And especially now having to be so present on social or getting the opportunity to go speak on stages like you have, I can imagine that presence that you had from modeling is something that translates over into like what you do now on stages and things of that nature. So I was super curious to see if that was the case, but it's so awesome seeing you be in such a male dominant space and go from something like the polarity is just insane how different the two things are and how well you represent yourself, you know, in this, in the industry that you're in. And so I kind of wanted to lead into that. I know that you are such an incredible leader. You even teach people leadership nowadays with entrepreneurship. So what do you feel like for you were some of the things that maybe you had to overcome with being a woman in more of a male dominant space? And, and what did that leadership look like for you? Love that as well. That's a great question. It's been an evolution, of course, because when I started my construction company, I was 24. Oh, wow. I'm 34 now. And it was at the tail end of 24. So um, I've been a woman in construction for almost a decade, which blows my mind. And I'm just now getting into government contracts, which is a very big deal for me and my company. And I would say that what's helped me really progress into what I do now, other than 
confidence is just treating my team like just valuable people because they really are. I feel like when I was flipping homes with the person I was in construction with before I went into what I do now and we were flipping houses and um, I saw a really big lack in the San Antonio market specifically with relying on contractors to pull through. People were taking your deposit and leaving. Uh, you, you couldn't rely on people to come in on time. I feel like that's, people feel that in a lot of different spaces and areas. And I thought, okay, what is my blue ocean strategy? If you've never read that book, it's one of the best books to read because whether you're a coach or whether you're in construction or whatever industry you're in, there's this concept called the blue ocean strategy to where you find where you can fill the gap. And my gap was very simple. The things I was seeing in my industry was, okay, as a flipper, people aren't showing up on time. Sounds like everyone's overpricing everything and they're not reliable. So I became that reliable contractor to what, like, guess what? I'm doing the minimal. We have a team that answers your phone call. Our customer service is amazing. We don't change the price at the last minute because we stick to our word. We give you an amazing warranty. And um, that really carried over into what I do with coaching as well. Yeah. Because I've realized that people really are looking for people that can keep their word, who they can trust, and who they feel confident in. So it's one thing to have your self-confidence, but it's another thing to really give that confidence to someone else when you're spending your valuable time, invaluable time, you're investing in someone. And um, those are, I feel, the basics that help me to get pretty far in, in, in what I do in all aspects, so. Yeah, it's, it sounds like almost bringing the humanity aspect of it back. It's like, hey, these are actually really simple things, but when you care, it makes a big difference, right? Um, well, and you would think it's common knowledge, but common knowledge isn't always common practice. Right. And you get to see that when you've maybe hired a few people that you thought, okay, this isn't working. And then you meet the one person that you're like, oh my gosh, they care. They followed up with me. Right. And that goes such a long way. I couldn't tell you how many major contracts I've won, both in the coaching space and the con the contracting space as a construction own, uh, business owner to where we just made that follow-up call. And they're like, you're the first person that's actually gotten back to me. I was really trying to decide who to go with. And I just love the fact that you've touched base with me. That's awesome. It makes all the difference. That's so awesome. It's just the connection piece, you know, it's like bringing it, like I said, bringing the humanity piece back. It also sounds like it's almost kind of like a value set or, you know, like you have a vision for a company that's a little bit different. And I wanted to ask you about that to follow up with that, because I feel like that's a huge part of it is, did you have a vision when you saw these, these gaps where you're like, oh, this is like, this is my duty. This is my responsibility. Like what was the vision for you when you did separate and you went and had your own construction company? Did you have a vision in mind for yourself back then that kind of was like your North star or how did that kind of help you with the leadership aspect of things and building the business? It, it showed up in a very different way. I wish I could say that it was there in the beginning, but because I was dealing with a partnership and I was 50, 50 in a company, there's so much that goes into that. There's so much I've learned from that. Um, even the, uh, event that I've produced just this last week, I'm in a partnership there and the things that we've, and I've implemented differently than the partnership I had starting the last construction company, 
It's completely different. You don't just shake hands anymore. You don't just, you know, as much as you want to trust the person, life happens, things change, values you don't get to know until far along into the business that you're creating. And um, back then it was really just like, oh, let's, let's build the biggest construction company and let's take over San Antonio. And what I realized was that when you're in a partner, in a partnership, sometimes um, your values don't align with the others or vice versa. And so when I started my own, it all made sense then because I thought, okay, this is all on me. I get to call the shots. I get to say, this is what I want my sales team to do and not to do. This is what I want them to say yes and no to. And they understand that. And what's beautiful is actually for the construction company part is I've had the same crew for six out of the 10 years. And really, which means since they started with the previous company, I've, they've, they've stuck with me. And to me, that's one of the most important things. When you have valuable people on your team, you treat them right. You treat them like family. You make sure that you keep them and that you value them because you were, your company is nothing without your team. It truly is not. You can have the vision, but the people that are implementing, the people that are in the day-to-day calls and working with the clients and getting them on board that you get to leave them with that hurrah for, like, that's what you're building them for. And that wasn't in the previous partnership. And so to me, I feel like that's made all the difference going forward. That's so awesome. And it, it speaks, it's a testament, obviously, with them staying with you. And I think that's the biggest thing I even see in especially the coaching space. And I'm not sure if this is something that you see. And I know you probably coach so many people through this on a daily and weekly basis, but there can be a lot of turnover, especially for new entrepreneurs or new leaders coming in this space, especially with the online space, because it's like, we don't really go to school to learn how to run an online business and social media is like ever changing, like quite literally every day, you know? Um, and it's, it's almost like a different breed of business with hopping online. What have you found are some of the things for you? I know that you said taking care of your team as a family, but are you instilling leadership in them? Are you consistently communicating the vision? What are some of those things that you find or you even teach to your, your students to help them become better leaders to keep that turnover down on the team? I love the question of the turnover. Um, to me, it's this, I've worked, you know, I practice what I preach. I'm not just a coach and a CEO of a company. I hire people to help me be a better me. That first and foremost is everything because if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong rooms. Yes, you can lead a team, but leading your business is different than trying to lead yourself into the best version of you. Those are completely separate. And so um, being around people that are that have that growth mindset who are where I'm at to listen and learn from and to be the student, this helped me tenfold. At the same time, on top of making sure that you lead your team right. Um, I feel like it's important to have boundaries, first of all. Um, It's so hard, but it really is true to hire and fire quickly. If someone's not doing your job, you've given them, told them three different times, this is not working. If you do this again, 
like, we really want you to stay with a company, but this is not acceptable. And they do it two or three times because let's be real. Some people who come from the standard working world aren't used to setting their own schedules at home and then could get a little lazy and comfortable. And I've seen that happen. And so to run a business, you have to do the hard things. You have to say, okay, (laughs) this isn't going the way I thought. I support you. I I love you. Um, But this isn't working for my business. So even though you're a great person, to stand in that leadership role does take some chutzpah, is what I call it. it. It really does. And you know, something that I think is, I talk to our team about this all the time too, is it's that co-empowerment piece. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of the times, if you just let them do the thing, you're enabling them. And sometimes letting a team member go is the best thing you can also do for them rather than just yeah. for the business. And I think that gives them, it's like a life-giving opportunity for them to go find something they're more in tune or aligned with. I know a lot of people struggle with the aspect of letting go and being able to let go. Is there anything throughout the years where I'm sure you've even had to let go of maybe people where you genuinely love them as an individual? What are some of the things that, you know, in those scenarios or situations, if you've been met with that, that you've kind of had to face or what's helped you through those kind of times? It's helped to really set the, the bar in the first tone that you speak with them during the first reprimand that way when it comes to the third and fourth and hopefully it doesn't go past the fourth you're able to tell them hey when you signed on to this and we said that your goals and expectations were to meet this and these are the minimal and everyone else on the team is exceeding those twofold fivefold there's a person meeting it tenfold this is this is the third time it's been three months And we love you so much. How can we support your transition in this? And to release it that way. Because like you said, sometimes maybe we don't know them. Maybe they're afraid to say, oh, this isn't working for me. This is just a paycheck. And I understand that. I've been at jobs where they were just a paycheck. Mm -hmm. But if if you know what you're needing and requiring to build your company, you're going to have to release those people. And you can do it in a loving way. Also, what I've done with my team is I've flipped success on its head. Success is no longer reaching the one goal. You have to meet this number at the first and second, third, fourth quarter. Success can be an optimized daily experience that is literally felt like day in and out over time. What was your success this week? Even if it's one minuscule thing. And um, really keeping that within the entire company and through all the pathways so that everyone feels like they succeeded in some way. And as long as we know that they're doing their job to their optimal capacity, I'm happy. I love that. And I think what's really cool too is you get to create a culture where it's like you're breeding people inside the business, but they get to take that, what they're learning. It's almost like being a personal development coach for your team. I hope you find that. That's how I kind of feel sometimes, I, which I love. It's like, hey, take this home with you, you know, go have breakthroughs for other things that you do outside of the business, which I think is the awesome part of also being a leader. And I think another thing too, is like when you have to let people go on a team, uh, a big part of that is you see the other people in the company 
it's going to drag them down too. If they see someone not performing and still, you know, staying around that can kill the culture in the company. I know that's something I've even seen before myself. And I know for some people, it can be really hard to let that go. But I think that's why, like you said, getting the mentorship, the leadership training, understanding, you know, what direction to go into and a lot of the mindset aspect of it too, because we're just learning and navigating. That's what I tell my team all the time. I'm like, yo, we're learning. We are growing together. Like we're figuring this out together, you know, um, which is a cool aspect of it. So I love that you said that too, because really quick, that's a great part as well. Just so you know, I'm the first one to say, oh my gosh, that did not work. I'm sorry. I know you did what you were supposed to do. Thank you for doing your part. But the direction I led y'all in, like we tried it, it didn't work. Let's go another route. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because that's the humanity aspect in it. That's letting the ego go of the CEO title and really stepping into the fact that we're also, we're working to grow, but we're also trying things that are different in these crazy changing times that um, if we're not moving with the times, we have the potential to fail, but guess what? If you're also trying something new, that could fail, but it's better to work towards growth than to not. So to have that honesty with your team and just say, hey guys, we were trying this new thing, didn't work. Let's, let's like reposition ourselves. Yeah. I think yeah. that's important too, versus saying, hey, you're not doing your job good enough when maybe you let them the wrong way that's a completely different conversation than saying, Hey, this is what I expect of you. This, and this is working and you're just not meeting where the rest of the team is. So that's, that's also something to differentiate because if it's you, you, you have to own it. Yeah. And also team, the almost like the permission slip to, to mess up sometimes, you know, because they have to, to learn and to grow. I think that's part of the humility piece being a leader. And I think that's, I mean, in my personal opinion, I'd love your thoughts on this. Like what makes a good leader? I think something that I've found is the humility aspect, like being willing enough to take radical responsibility because as a leader, so this is something I tell my, my girls all the time is it is always your fault. Like no matter what happens, no matter if the team didn't perform, it is always your fault. You have to take the responsibility completely because it was either lack of leadership description Um, even if it's like, you know, it can be a human error. It's like, where do we take the responsibility on our end to do that? And I'd love your thoughts. Like, what do you think for yourself, Amber? I mean, I'm sure you've had leaders, mentors in your life. What makes a good leader to you? Good leadership. I agree with you on the humanity aspect. Um, I also think that allowing your team to grow with you is important, which is pretty much on the same stream of what you said maybe just in a different way of, like you said, allowing yourself and the team to have, you know, quote unquote failures, which I call learning lessons. And just trusting that as long as you hold what we call the DES, the desired end state, as long as we're all working towards the desired end state, whatever happens between the start and the desired end state, even if we miss up a little in between as long as we get there, which means we have to adjust together. That's what a team is for to do that together. We're going to come out with a powerful outcome either way. Yeah. Because we're, we all know where we're going to go by the end of, you know, Q2 or four or the, the launch, whatever the thing is, um, they're going to be hiccups. So we have to support each other. And also, The biggest thing for me as well, because I have such a small team, I don't have hundreds of employees or anything like that. I'm not in the 
hundred plus, um, letting people know that you're approachable, I have found is just so beautiful because there are people doing things in your company that you have been such a visionary. And I'm speaking for myself on that. You don't realize sometimes how the day-to-day has changed. And so you need to rely on them to tell you how the audience is responding to what you've recently put out X, Y, Z. So our vision that we're holding could really help us for the better if we're approachable enough to let those people and our team members approach us in a way that says, hey boss, love you, but this this is not working. This is a feedback I've been getting versus being so like in their face that you're not approachable and then it could literally run your company to the ground or reduce sales, blah, 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 from, you know, 20, 30% because people don't want to approach you for the thing. Right. Oh, that's so good. Even just listening to you, I'm like, this is something that's even like a reminder for me on a day-to-day basis when you're not as immersed inside of it. It's like, Hey, let, let the team like lean on your team. Let them tell you what's the most important thing, you know? So yeah. I wanted to pivot because you, even since I met you back in May, I wanted to chat about you for just a second because Ms. Amber has just like, I literally, before we got on this podcast, guys, I was like, Amber, you have blown up. Like you have taken off. You're all over the place. So I want to talk just like a little bit about your success. You had your event just what was about two weeks ago, a little over a week ago now. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about your success just over this last year. Cause talk about leadership and visibility and just being such a boss woman. I want to talk about from May, even when I met you to now, um, do you feel like you had any specific shifts for yourself or anything that supported you with just being more seen, being more visible? This is also a huge part of the leadership aspect too, but do you feel like there were any big shifts that you've had over the last few months that have really supported your success or your growth or anything that you've had to release to make that happen? Yes. Wow. So many things come up. Um, I'd say first and foremost, the people I'm around. Sometimes I don't want to show up. Sometimes I just like, I'm a big believer in being an ambivert, which is, you know, depending on who you're around, you're more of an extrovert or more of an introvert. I'm truly, I get my energy full when I'm by myself And so being out in the world has been a lot for me this year, but that was the thing that I promised myself I dedicate my energy and time to. So to me, I'd say being around, being around great people, being around great people like yourself who are doing big things, seeing and communicating with those people. Um, I personally have let down a little, little barrier of this big idea of asking for things. I've not ever been a good asker and I've always loved to support people, but I am never the first person to say, Hey, will you comment on my post? Hey, I have this big event. Will you tell people about it? I've been so bad about that because I love people so much. to a fault sometimes that I don't want to feel like I'm making anyone feel like our friendship is nothing but genuine. And I've I've stepped into that though this year and it's been such a blessing to feel like, Hey guys, like I'm doing this thing. If you think it's cool, come this way. And the support I've gotten from that has been so beautiful. And for people to actually thank me for the thing I actually asked them for, 
was like a whole transition in my mind. Um, so definitely that putting myself in the right environment. And the second thing I'd say about that is starting. I know people say this a lot and I'll give you an example, but starting before you're ready. The event I just hosted, which was hosted inside a television studio, downtown San Antonio, literally before the end of 2023, mark my words, we will be selling out the biggest theater in on the Riverwalk of San Antonio, Texas. It's happening. And I did that with my business partner in three weeks. We planned it in three weeks. Was I ready for it? Hell no. Heck no, heck no, heck no. Um, I had just come back from, I don't even remember where I've been traveling. I've been traveling to maybe one to two states a month, two weeks every month for the last six months. And I just wanted to rest. I did. I just wanted to rest. I wanted to focus on things. And I thought, if not now, when? Um, there's going to be another excuse of why the timing is not perfect in 2023. Something else will come up. And so, yeah, that, that's been a lot of it. Trans, just putting myself in the right position and um, getting rid of the excuses. And so, um, and this year, especially, I'm, I'm going to do that for my health. Um, I've worked so much internally and I feel so good. Like, back when I was a plus size model, they called me plus size, but I could literally still turn to the side and you could cut my hip bones. I was so much thinner than I am now, but I was still a plus size model. It was like a size six, which was very thin for me as a 5'10 Latina woman. Period. My six is small, period. (laughs) I'm a 5'10 Latina. Okay. Like I've got some hips. That was really small for me. And um, so, and I've I've gained some weight and I just want to be full trans, you know, have full transparency on here because the point of me saying that is I've worked so much internally that I feel so good and confident and I'm finally ready to like have that strength to take care of like the outside of me because it's no longer for um like the scale but it's more for just my health and me as a person and um really pushing through as a leader and a CEO to have more energy and I know I answered more than what your question was. I get really passionate about this. I love it. No, and I appreciate your vulnerability too, because that's something like, you know, obviously my background coming from like health and fitness and with being an entrepreneur, it can be the first thing to fall wayside because it's like, you have so much going on. There's every, like, there's the excuse in the world to be like, well, I have this many meetings back to back. And then you throw it all down at the end of the day. And it can be tough, especially with traveling so much, like traveling a bunch. And I think the humility in it is incredible. Like having the vulnerability, even to share that. I think it's something that even a lot of, especially female entrepreneurs I work with, like are in denial of. And I think what's really cool about you is like, even admitting that to yourself and even here, it's like, the fact that you radically love who you are right now, like most people are like, oh, when I do this, I'll be happy. When I have money, I'll be happy. When I lose weight, I'll be happy. But the fact that you're like, no, I'm confident. I'm a queen. I'm taking stages. Yes, I planned my event in three weeks. And now also I'm going to take care of my health. Like that is so awesome. Most people see it like the complete opposite direction, you know, like imagine you just executing at this level where you're at. And now it's like over here. Oh, it's going to be, oh, girl, it's going to be so good. So good. Heck yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's that's the goal. And it's it's the truth. Sometimes um I think that the whole balance, you know, if people are still stuck on the fact that there's this perfect balance for everyone, it's just in my opinion, a myth. And we have to find out what works for us. 
And that's why I think it's important to stick with the right coaches that you feel are going to help you with where you're at and where you want to go. Because um, I heard, so one of my friends, Craig, did a recent podcast interview with Eric Thomas, who we spoke about. Mm -hmm. And he said the coolest thing, he said, some people can have six figures, seven figures in their account, but they're not a seven figure friend. They're not a seven figure daughter. Like wherever you're at, like something's missing from the puzzle because we only have a hundred percent. So if you're spending 60 of it, 60 of it here, good, good on you that you're on top of your health or good on you if you're over here and you're on top of your business, but there's something that is falling from the wayside. So in this next phase, in this next quarter of your life, what does that transition look like? And that's why I wanted to share that because for me, like you said, I really have, I'm going to own up to that. I love it. I've been going full throttle, traveling, networking, going to these events. I have amazing podcasts I'm going to be on, including yours right now that we're interviewing with. And what is my, you know, mental shift this next season for me? It's going to be on my health. Now, now I'm going to grow those connections now that, now that I've made them and I'm going to show up the best I can to keep really living into that and growing what, what we're connecting on. Mm-hmm. And um, now my, the, the transition's happening. So what does that look like for you, for the audience that's listening? What season are you in now? Take an audit of your life. How has that been? What's affecting you that you know that you've been lacking on this one area and where are you shifting the focus? And what are you in putting your money where your mouth is? Where are you investing in now? So, so good. It's like you starting earlier this year, committing to the health aspect. It's awesome. I can. Cool. Amber, we'll tell everyone where they can find you. And also if you have just any last words, anything that you want to leave anyone with, I know that was a beautiful question. You guys can ponder on, think about message Amber, please send her DMs. But if you want to share anything else, Amber, um, let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah. uh, The best place to find me is on Instagram. I'm very active there. It's just at Amber Ibarra. So at my name and, um, yeah, feel free to shoot me a DM. I have a free gift for every listener to take an audit of your life and to really see what section and what uh, season you're leaving now to have that new focus to help you grow as a person. And otherwise, I'm just grateful for you, Kindle. Like what you've built is so amazing. You're an inspiration to me. And I love seeing younger boss babes just really go full in on what they're doing because it took me a while to get there and what you've built at you know your age and not to have any discrimination on age but just to say like oh my gosh if I had started what I did when you did it's just beautiful to see you shine and I'm grateful for your friendship so thank you oh my gosh thanks Amber I love you I appreciate you guys go follow Amber please go get your gift Um, I'll put everything down in the show notes as well so you guys can go follow her and uh, all her socials Thanks guys. I'll catch you in the next episode.